The Aged Care Services Minister Richard Colbeck this week admitted to attending a cricket match instead of a parliamentary inquiry into aged care as the sector faced widespread outbreaks of COVID-19. So I, I, I did make some, uh, a specific decision about uh, the balance of my portfolios. Um, the test match in Hobart was a significant event. It was um, a decision that I made. I have to stand by it and live with it, Senator. Um, Uh, Other people will make judgments about it, I'm sure. Plenty already have. Federal opposition leader Anthony Albanese was quick to respond that the lack of effort given to the aged care sector by the Morrison government was less than adequate. 566 deaths since January 1. Double the number of deaths that occurred throughout 2021 in aged care. 15,000 residents and 17,000 aged care workers being infected with COVID. One quarter of shifts not being filled. What we have is a circumstance whereby these Australians have helped to build this country. They deserve dignity and they deserve respect. The tragedy of the aged care sector is also mirrored in New South Wales in the home care and disability sectors. This is due to historical privatisations by the New South Wales Liberal National Government that led to decreases in overall services for those who are vulnerable in our state. These decreases also affected those who work with the vulnerable, their pay and conditions. Joining me now is CPSU New South Wales Assistant Branch Secretary Troy Wright. What is the history of the privatisation of home care and disability services in New South Wales? The Baird government at the time in uh, about 2014-2015 decided that the NDIS was essentially an excuse to get out of both aged care through home care, where home care services of New South Wales uh, provide services to both people with aged care needs and people with disabilities, um, and also the entire Department of Attic. Um, they saw it as an opportunity to face, basically vacate the field. They said the reason being that the state government didn't need to provide services anymore was because of the NDIS. And to be very clear, the NDIS is a funding model. It's not a service delivery model. It's the way the services are funded through the needs of individuals rather than cluster funding or group funding or, or, or service funding, if you like. And uh, there was no reason then that ADIC couldn't have continued its work with people with a disability under the NDIS and been a billing provider like every other NGO is, and no reason home care couldn't have continued its services under the NDIS. This was just a convenient excuse by an LNP government to basically get out of a responsibility that gave them no votes but gave them a bit of pain. Since the state government abandoned disability and home care services, what does the union make of the federal sector equally abandoning these vulnerable Australians by going to the cricket? Yeah, it's a good point because really if you uh, we're, we're, we're relatively new in New South Wales about how far how long this privatization of disability services has occurred. We're three or four years into it. Um, but if you want a guide, you'd look at how the aged care sector's been administered and overseen by the federal government and I think the chronicles of their neglect of the sector, their lack of regulation, their lack of oversight and their lack of preparedness, certainly at this time of the pandemic, is really well known. Um, They have constantly fallen short of providing the sector with what it needs, whether it's 
physical or support in the sense of procuring supplies or PPE or anything that they may need, or it's, you know, actual money to inject into the sector, which requires a lot of help, but or particularly what they've failed to do is any workforce planning. We have now a highly casualised industry in aged care, a very low paid industry in aged care, and a very transitional uh, workforce in aged care. And the res- you know that's one of the major problems that's been exposed during the pandemic so you know really aged care is provided entirely by the private sector whether it's not for profits or for profits and the service deliveries by them the funding comes from the federal government and supposedly some sort of regulatory oversight comes but what we've seen during the pandemic is they haven't done that and worse still the ministers just, you know, dodged a dodged an inquiry into aged care, aged care, dodged an inquiry that where he was required to give some evidence to explain the mishandling of the sector. I'm not available. He was actually at the cricket. I mean, if you want to see an example of ministerial negligence and, and lack of concern for their portfolio, there is your exhibit A. Why the aged care sector should be relevant or interested to our members, aside from all of our personal lives where many of us have exposure to it through parents. Obviously, we've got members that are affected in the aged care sector, in the home care service in New South Wales, but really, like I'm saying, it's it's really 10 years or 20 years down the track further than the disability sector is as far as that privatisation model, complete service delivery by the private sector and just a, gov- a very uh, loose government oversight. And that's the great concern that the disability sector, the great services that were provided by ADIC, will end up the same way the aged care sector operates now under that model. What is it that the union would like the state and federal governments to do to rectify the damage caused to these sectors? We've done some work in the last few weeks surveying our members and, you know, our members are great. They always respond to our surveys and we're conscious. You don't want to ask questions all the time and they've got very busy jobs as it is. But one thing we specifically were asking about is the provision of rats in the sector and the results that came back were phenomenally terrifying. Most of the workers in disability services in this state, working for NGOs, used to work for ADEC, working with people with very, very high needs and very, very vulnerable to uh, medical complications arising from COVID. Most of those workers do not have rats, do not have access to rats, and a lot of them had actually revealed that they've been buying them for themselves or for the homes themselves because they were concerned. This wouldn't have happened under Attic. I can guarantee it wouldn't have happened if this was a state-run department still. It would not have happened. It's not happening in our other state agencies. We've seen a massive provision of you know, rats and various other PPE through the schools. We've seen a massive provision of rats and other PPE through corrections. State-run departments. For staff to actually be subsidising the operations of their employer is absolutely unacceptable. But in the long term, and it's the cry we made right when they were privatising in 2016, why wouldn't you have, at least as a safety net, some disability services provided by the state, which are resourced and can do a better job than the private sector can, but also can fill the holes where the private sector are going to miss things? Why wouldn't you have that? I was, and I think a few of us were greatly pleased that when Perrottet shuffled his cabinet just before Christmas, it looks like the portfolio, the state portfolio of a Minister for Disability Services has been recreated in, and it's currently being held by the same minister that's got Family and Community Services, Natasha McLaren-Jones. That's great. 
finally we have a portfolio there because prior to this we didn't even have a portfolio but the next part is what's that portfolio do it's no good just having a title do something with it state government actually get involved in the sector provide some services don't just be a minister for disability services in title alone do it protect yourself at work call the PSA today on 1300 772 679 or head to psa.asn.au.